Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the show. It is Denise and you are watching Speak Now Pro Wrestling at a later time than usual. Uh, I don't normally go live at this hour, but because today I was at AEW Dynamite uh, at the Kia Forum here in Los Angeles and I did stay for the majority of Rampage, um, I had to leave because they started the show way later than I was expecting. There was probably like 15 or I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes where we were kind of just waiting there for a bit and they did a whole other dark match uh, in between Dynamite and Rampage. So I was hoping that I was able to make all of Rampage, but I had to leave. Literally, I walked into my house at 8.56, um, four minutes before the stream even went live. And I was like, I got to go to the bathroom. Uh, I got to get promote the show. And and uh, I didn't take notes on today's show. So I'm literally just going through with uh, you know that 4W page and running from there. Uh, so it's kind of been a little hectic, but here I am. And we are going to chat about AEW Dynamite. Uh, for those who are watching live and are in the East Coast, thank you guys so much for being night owls to come out and uh, hang out with me. Just like Brian. Brian Stark says here, uh, it's a late night podcast party. Uh, it really is an, a late night podcast party. Uh, I won't make this a long show since I know we got, uh, you know, uh, you know, we got obviously work tomorrow and things to do and lives to lead. Uh, but we'll hang out and obviously talk about Dynamite because I think there's going to be um, quite a bit to actually get into on this show because this show was, how do I say this? So this show was really good. It was really, really good. However, because of the anticipations that we had, um, the antip anticipation that we had heading into the show, I think a lot of us were expecting like the greatest AEW Dynamite of all time. And I know some of you are probably thinking, nah, Denise, I didn't think that. Well, a lot of people online definitely did because I'm there, guys. I'm reading the comments. I'm seeing what people are saying. So I thought this was a really good episode of Dynamite. Um, there were just some things that I thought that maybe could have been done just a little bit differently. And uh, this would have been like a super, super amazing show. Any other Dynamite, I think this would have been a phenomenal show. But I think that I myself went into the show with a lot of really high expectations and maybe some other did too. Uh, let me know what your expectation level was going into the show. I'm very curious about that. And I want to know if the expectations were actually met. Um, but I feel like this dynamite, we just went into it with really, really high expectations. And we got so much good stuff though. Like we got the wrestling on the show was ace man we got a lot of really good stuff on this show a lot of really good matches. Um, so we're gonna dive into all of that here today. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and uh, get into the show and what actually went down. So um, the doors opened at four. They did a one hour show of AEW Dark. Uh, I got there probably a couple minutes before uh, Willie Mack versus Brian Cage. And that was a fun one. Uh, so for those of you who watch Dark, I think you'll enjoy uh, Willie Mack and Brian Cage. That was fun to see. Uh, after that, they do Dynamite. And then after Dynamite, they did one more dark match and then they did rampage but in between that they also you know tear down the uh tear down the uh you know change up the set a little bit uh tony khan comes out he talks to the people uh, you got dasha out there like reading people's signs so there is a little bit of a buffer uh between uh dynamite dark and then dark and uh rampage and this was the first time that i ever went to a show where I had to watch Rampage afterwards. Uh, so this was my first time doing that. So I didn't realize there was gonna be all this stuff in between. Um, so that was kind of what messed up the timing for me just a little bit. Um, but either way, I had a really great time tonight. It was a lot of fun. And I got to meet a lot of people that were at the show. Uh, so if you were there and you came up to me, thank you so much because that was really cool. Uh, a lot of people had a lot of really nice things to say, which was really awesome. Uh, Heidi Ho sends in a super chat saying, I love these late night podcasts the last couple of nights makes my night shift go by faster. Hell yeah. Thank you so much. I always feel bad doing late shows because I know people get mad uh, because, you know, people are used to doing things a lot earlier, not at a midnight podcast for 
people in the East Coast. Uh, so thank you so much for saying that. I'm glad. Uh, it's a special circumstances. This doesn't happen very often. Uh, Juan Rodarte, thank you so much to Juan who says, um, uh, I just got home too. Good show. The pop for Adam Cole was amazing. Mox versus Paige was a banger. Love the podcast. Thank you so much, Juan. Uh, this really means a whole lot to me for you to say this and to send in this generous pod, uh, generous super chat. And uh, I'm, I, I, the show was a lot of fun, guys. It was, they really gave us a lot. And like he mentioned, Adam Cole was definitely, I don't think anybody was really expecting Adam Cole. And if they were, I didn't see any conversations where anybody on social media was thinking that uh, Adam Cole was actually gonna, um, you know, come in, right? Uh, I had no idea. Also, Jeff Meacham, who I got to run into here today. Uh, thank you so much for running into me and, you know, for chatting a little bit. All right. So we kicked off the night really, really hot. And this was with Hangman Adam Page defeating John Moxley. So the reason, okay, so what I liked about this match or what I thought really just went very well was you went in there and this was a very, very, they started off hot, okay? And like I've said this before on other podcasts, but when you have a feud, because here, let's rewind a little bit. The whole thing with John Moxley and Hangman Adam Page is that, um, you know, we know everything that happened with Hangman Adam Page, unfortunately, getting a concussion during their, uh, you know, their match a while back. But since he came back, they had, I think it was two or three different bras uh, where they were just brawling with each other backstage at ringside, you name it. Like these were two guys that could not keep their hands off of each other. So already the story is these two guys just want to beat the living crap out of each other, right? And then fast forward to this past uh past week on Dynamite when we basically found, or two weeks ago on Dynamite, when we found out that Hangman Adam Page could not risk uh, getting in any more brawls with John Moxley because if he did, he would be uh, not able to wrestle John Moxley at the January 11th show, which is the one for tonight. So basically, uh, the story here at the end of it, the tail end of it was these two guys really want to get their hands on each other. They want to continue where they left off and they can't. And even this past week on Dynamite, we had the really, really, uh, you know, the confrontation between Hangman and Moxley where they were just, you know, really just yearning to get their hands on one another and not being able to. So clearly when they started this match, they went right in just like throwing rights and lefts to each other because that makes sense. These guys were yearning to get, you know, to be in this match. And then, so they started it off really hot. And that for me, uh, kind of just got like extra like bonus points. And so they started hot. And the crowd was really into this. And here's the thing. I noticed a shift in the crowd here. It was interesting because I went into this thinking, okay, it's going to be very, very 50-50. And I honestly thought that the, the crowd would be popping more for Hangman Adam Page, right? So during this match, it started off 50-50, where some people were going for Moxley and some people were going for Hangman Adam Page. But then somewhere like a little bit in the middle, we ended up getting really, really loud John Moxley chants. And I started thinking like, wait, what? Like we're going, I was a little bit surprised that the people kind of for a second were rooting for John Moxley a little bit more. And I was thinking like, that doesn't make sense to me. I feel like the people should really be going nuts uh, for Hangman Page. And then a couple, like give or take a couple of moments later, minutes, whatever, uh, there was a shift. There was a shift in this match where, Suddenly, it was everybody, or mainly everybody, a huge portion of the crowd was very set on wanting to see Hangman Adam Page win. And that, to me, um, was really what kind of catapulted this match and felt a little bit more special because not only are they going in and doing this very hard-hitting match and uh, we got a couple of near falls and we saw so many lariats and, and uh, you know, just so much of this... Uh, 
back and forth between both of them. And it kind of got a little ugly at one point. Uh, they went to the outside, you know, just everything that they did here, you know, buckshot, lariat, everything. It was one of those things that um, the crowd suddenly was like, we want Hangman Page to win. And I was so happy when I saw that shift in the crowd because uh, to me, Hangman Page had to win this match. I mean, he's been gone for a while. He's finally back. Uh, clearly, he went through hell and back with, you know, the situation with his concussion. Uh, he mentioned not being able to remember his own kid's name. Um, so I definitely wanted to see Hangman Adam Page. And I thought they did a really good job of getting the crowd interested in this match even previous to this, but I'm talking like the second it started, it felt hot. They kept it going through and through. And then even afterwards, they gave us a really good ending. So this to me was definitely one of the highlights of today. And this felt really freaking awesome. Um, and there were some really good uh, moments uh, throughout this entire match. Um, all right. So, um, we got a super chat here, actually. Thank you so much to uh, Patrick Scrogan, who says, really happy to see Adam Cole back, baby. Uh, hell yeah, man. I'm telling you, I was not expecting it at all. Uh, but thank you so much to Patrick Scrogan uh, for sending in the super chat. It's much appreciated, man. Um, okay. And somebody pointed this out, and I want to read this comment really quick. This is from Cody, who says, this was a slugfest. Uh, yes, it definitely was a slugfest. All right. So, um... Let's see. Let's move on to this next portion. So next up, we had um, Tony Schiavone. He goes out to the ring and I'm thinking, I don't know what I was thinking, to be honest. I didn't know what was going to happen next or what they were leading to. But it, it was interesting because he said that it gave him no pleasure to welcome this person. And I'm thinking, oh, it's probably going to be some heel that we don't like or something, right? I was not expecting Adam Cole. When his music hit, I just like, <laughs> I just had this like whiplash moment where one second I'm looking at Tony Schiavone in the ring and the next I'm like, oh my God, it's Adam Cole, baby. And the way that it felt when he came out, it was really freaking cool. It was very nice because again, I don't think anybody really was talking about this. There wasn't like any major speculation going around at this point. Like this was something that was not really, uh, you know, making the waves on social media, right? So um, when... Adam Cole came out and also it felt really cool to have the whole like audience chant and, you know, do the whole theme and all of that. That was fun. It, it had been a while. Um, so Adam Cole goes in there and he basically kind of uh, gives us, you know, some information on what he's been going through. And he starts off by saying that he had some good news and some bad news. And I, the second he said that, I'm like, it's going to be a swerve. I knew it. I had a feeling that it was going to be a swerve. And I had a feeling that he was going to say something along the lines of, oh, you know, the bad news is for the locker room. And I thought it, but then I thought, because here's the thing. Like, I figured that was the direction that Adam Cole was going to go in because I didn't think they would bring him back, have this big hoorah moment for then all of a sudden for him to be something for him to say something bad, right? For him to give us some really bad news, like, oh, I got to retire or something like that, right? Or I'm not cleared. Uh, it just felt very, very obvious that they were going to do some sort of swerve. But before we even got to that, though, um, Adam Cole basically walked us through a little bit of what he had been going through. He talked about the shoulder injury. He talked about having um, uh, the uh, two two back-to-back -back head injuries is what he said and basically throughout the period that he was gone uh he says that he had a really hard time that at one point he didn't actually think that he was going to be back in the ring and he said that uh there was moments where he would get into a car ride for you know whatever 15 minutes or something and he would throw up he would throw up from just like the motion of the car and that's very very scary he talked about not being able to sleep waking up and telling Britt Baker that he didn't know what was going on with him he didn't know what was happening to him and so he kind of shined some light on that and here like throughout this I'm thinking like fuck like you know we didn't know 
it, you know, there had been mentions of Adam Cole briefly, like on scrums and, uh, you know, CM Punk's had some really nice things to say about him at the all out media scrum. Uh, I know it got buried amongst other things, but he did have some great things to say about Adam Cole um, and little things that were mentioned here and there. And some of it was kind of, you know, a little bit scary because you weren't hearing anything. You didn't really know what was going on. Um, so you didn't really know what the situation was with Adam Cole, right? And sometimes it's scary when you don't really hear too much because you're like, well, what's going on? Why is everybody keeping quiet or whatever, right? Uh, your, your mind starts to wonder. So then after this, he basically does a swerve and says that uh, the bad news is for the AEW locker room and that, uh, you know, to keep an eye, that's it. He's back and he's ready to be, uh, he says, this new uh, version, this new birth of the new Adam Cole. And this just felt really freaking cool, guys. Honestly, this was just a feel-good moment on the show. A big surprise uh, where we were filled in on this gap of what was going on with Adam Cole. Uh, unexpected surprise. And at the end, you're just like, all right, this is great. I'm excited to see, um, you know, how we kick back things up with uh, with Adam Cole because he, he he he's and he said this in his promo that he felt like he still hasn't even uh, really done everything that he wants to do. That there's still so much more that he can do on AEW, so much more that he's capable of, and it's true. I mean, there's so many matches, stories that we still want to see Adam Cole involved in. Uh, so this to me definitely checked all of the boxes in terms of good television, uh, nice television. Uh, so all of this was some really good stuff. Um, all right, so uh, let's see where we go from here after this. Um, so the acclaimed are backstage with daddy ass uh, and they're talking about how on Rampage, they're going to be receiving their Walk of Fame uh, stars on Friday's show. Um, and they start making jokes about how they're gonna have a special guest Roseanne Barr, Alex Baldwin, Donald Trump, and Johnny Depp. And, you know, just kind of basically mentioning people that are, you know, tr a little bit troublesome, right? And so, you know, that was the whole, that was the whole joke, right? Um, so I won't give any spoilers on Rampage because I don't want to do that to people because I hate spoilers. So uh, I don't want to give people spoilers. The only thing I will say is this, the Max Caster rap, so, because this is not going to air on TV, so I might as well say this part. And I already tweeted it out. So, uh, this part's not going to air on TV. Um, so, Max so Max Caster comes out, and, you know, he's getting ready to go with his rap, right? And he starts off, and he's like, I forgot what he said, but he just, like, I think he just blanked. Like, he just forgot. <laughs> or he, like, he, he messed up. Something happened where he, like, he started saying his rap, and then he messed up. And then he goes... Oh man, no, 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 no. All right, guys, we're gonna have to start this all over again. Oh man, like I messed up. Like we're just gonna have to start all over again. Uh, let, let me, let's do a redo, let's do a redo. So it was actually really endearing to kind of see him like, you know, break the fourth wall a little bit and be like, dude, I fucked up. Like, you know, clearly we all know this is a tape show. So if he wants to restart, he can. So they did have to actually restart this uh, portion for, uh, for the acclaim. So the portion, so you, you won't be able to tell because it's going to be edited on Rampage, so you won't be able to tell. But just know that the part where they actually come out was taped uh, twice or shot twice because the first time uh, he barely started the rap and it just went to, you know, I guess he just for blanked or something. I don't know. Um, but it was really funny. The crowd loved it. He, it was so nice. It was very heartwarming. He was laughing about it. It was all a good time. And then the crowd started chanting, you fucked up, which was really damn funny. Um, the, the rap was good. There were one, two, three lines that I thought hit, especially given that, uh, you know, we're in the state of California. So, uh, and, you know, he likes to talk about politics. So that's definitely just a little bit of a tease there. Um, but I thought the Acclaim segment on Rampage, though, I thought it was good. It was actually the highlight for me of Rampage from what I saw. Keep in mind, I didn't get to see the entire show. I had to leave after um, after the House of Black match. That's when I had to leave or else I was not going to make this show on time. So um, up until that point, I did think that the Acclaim segment was the best thing on Rampage. 
but I don't know what happened afterwards. Probably was better. Who knows? All right. Um, Andrew Cook sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Andrew who says, um, random positive. Love the purple eyeshadow, Denise. Oh my gosh. Sorry. My makeup's like all messed up right now because I did this like hours ago and I did not have time to touch up prior to this show. Uh, but thank you so much to Andrew Cook. It was very kind of you. Um, all right. So after this, we got uh, Jungle Boy, uh, Jack Perry, and Hook defeating Big Bill and uh, Lee Moriarty. So um, so this was pretty fun, actually. I had a good time watching this because uh, we got a little bit of a little bit of everything. There were some moments that I really liked. Um, the first things that I want to talk about. Now, keep in mind, I don't have any notes. Uh, I'm actually using F4W's uh, TV rundown just to remind me the format of everything that happened. So uh, if I forget something, just ignore that. <laughs> so, uh, we're, you know, we got to see Jungle Boy and Hook team up together today, which was kind of fun because they're, they are they're the future. They are the future. They are these two guys that, you know, down the road, you know, in a couple of years, these are going to be the guys, you know, in the very, very top stop spots running things. Uh, and they are the future. They're young kids right now, but they're the future. Um, so it was very fun to kind of see them, you know, work together in this match. And they're so they're so different yet. They they just go together, even though the characters are different. They go together. Um, Big Bill. Big Bill, holy cow. So I, you know what? I don't remember when's the last time I saw W. Morrissey live in person. I legitimately feel like I don't remember. But anyway, so today when I saw him live, and I might have seen him before, but I just forgot. Who knows when I when did I see him live? in person. I'm sure I saw him. Anyways, but for some reason, it just hit different uh, here today. Uh, man is big. But we did have a little bit of fun here. There was a moment where uh, Big Bill, by the way, I hate the name. I don't know if I've said this before, but I really hate the name. I cannot take him seriously with the name Big Bill. Like, I really legitimately cannot take him seriously with the name Big Bill. Um, But I... I like the portion where he was mocking Jungle Boy. He kind of did, you know, he was waving the arms and he was uh, mocking the crowd. And it was funny because, you know, he's this big giant guy who's going out there and doing this. So that was kind of uh, pretty funny. But really the major thing that honestly was the real highlight of this match was when we did get uh, the whole thing between uh, Hook and, uh, and Big Bill. So we had already gotten a tease of this little confrontation between them. But this time, so Hook again was, you know, trying to lift him up, trying to lift him up. Um, and eventually he, uh, eventually he did. He was able to get him, you know, bam. He was able to get him uh, on a suplex on uh, Bill and actually get him over. And the way that I liked the way that this was done because um, Jungle Boy kind of helped like catapult uh Big Bill just a little bit so that Big Bill could like get that spring in his step so that when Hook got him, his feet were a little bit already up in the air. And then all he had to do was, you know, obviously do what he needs to do and have Hook basically do that suplex. So the transition from Jungle Boy, how kind of helping, uh, helping Big Bill get into that position so that Hook could uh, suplex him. That was my favorite part of this entire match. Just kind of seeing that. That was really, really cool. Um, but here's the thing, though. I didn't like the finish. Now, I know some of you are like, what? Denise, it was great. Okay, well, you didn't watch this live. It, unless you did. <laughs> if you watched this live, then you might have noticed this. So I did not like the finish. And here's the thing. On TV, you know, you're the cameras, you know, you're not seeing what's behind the camera. You're seeing what the camera is showing you. But in the live crowd, you're seeing everything. And this is where I had a gripe with this match. And it was the last couple of moments. So we, um, we got Jungle Boy basically putting in a Lee Moriarty in a snare trap, okay? So he's got that locked in. So you guys were just probably seeing just that. Well, on the outside, Big Bill, I shit you not, was just standing there. He was just standing there. And I'm thinking, bro, like this is like, you know, there's people watching, right? Like do something. So he, he, he gets closer to the ropes, right? 
So he gets close, like he's gonna like get in there, but Hook basically like takes him out a little bit. It was not believable at all. Like Hook barely got to him and W. Morrissey was like, oh my God, I can't make it to the ring in time. I did not like that portion. Uh, they had to have, W. Morrissey should have been laid out I mean, Big Bill, excuse me, should have been laid out on the ground. He shouldn't have been standing there watching his partner in the snare trap and not doing anything. So for the TV audience, this might have been great, uh, the, 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 the finish of this match. But for the live audience, you kind of noticed uh, it didn't necessarily click. Um, so there you go. Um, all right. So. Ed Jones says Denise just flat out exposing the botches in this whole show. Oh man, it was, it drove me nuts. I literally, I was there with my friend Cole, shout out to Cole. Uh, he was sitting next to me and I told him, I'm bro, Big Bill's just standing there. Come on. And he was like, yeah. And so I had to not look at that, but I had to look, you know, the live audience is there. We can see everything. Um, anyway, so there you go. <laughs> YT says he was standing in shock that he got launched. Okay, I get that. Three seconds. You could be like, <gasps> that's it. But when your partner's in trouble, bro, get back in. Um, okay, so after this, um, we had a backstage segment with Dan Housen, Orange Cassidy, and uh, Paul Walter Hauser. Um, this... I'm going to be real with you. I kind of didn't really pay much attention to this because I, I was tweeting, so I'm not even going to go... I'm not even going to say much about this because by the time I started watching this uh, I came in like halfway through so I'm like wait what's going on so I was trying to piece everything together and I didn't know who Paul Walter Hauser was so I, I was asking Cole I'm like, Cole who is that what are we seeing right now what's going on um so unfortunately I caught the tail end of it and the tail end tail end of it kind of seemed weird though because everybody just like did the hands in and that was it. So it did seem a little bit um, weird, but maybe it was more entertaining for the live audience. So um, I don't know. Um, all right. So after this, let's get into um, let's get into the uh, stuff with MJF and uh, Takeshita. So <laughs> so Takeshita comes out and we're thinking, all right, here we go. We're going to get Brian Danielson and Takeshita. But Instead, we got MJF. So as you guys know, MJF, uh, basically the whole thing leading into Revolution is that uh, Brian Danielson has to win all of his matches uh, leading up to Revolution, or sorry, leading up to February. I think they said February 8th or something. I forget the actual date. But he has to get all of his wins. And if he does, then he will have this match at Revolution with uh, with MJF, and it'll be a one-hour Iron Man match, okay? So that's the whole thing. So he has to win. But before this match actually begins, we get MJF out there. And I don't know how you guys felt about this, but there was some really funny stuff in this, and I think my favorite parts were honestly the celebrity stuff because Ken Jong he was ready to go, man. Like I legitimately thought Ken was going to do a run in and I was so looking forward to it. But anyways, let's rewind a little bit because I'm curious to see how you guys felt about this. And um, so we had um, MJF go out there and he basically goes the route of, you know, making fun of Takeshita. He, he, he makes fun of him. He's, you know, mocking him, uh, mocking him for, for, telling him to speak American and, you know, stuff like that. And he says that his, he changes his name to take a shit uh, That was a very obvious one too, but that was kind of funny. The take a shit part was really funny. Um, afterwards, he basically, uh, Takeshita defends himself. And at first, at first he, cause so MJF's telling him to speak American, right? And then he, he speaks English and he tells him like, kiss my ass. And this was really funny. So I'm glad that they had a moment where, you know, he actually was able to, you know, get one over and on MJF and MJF was like, what the fridge? And he was all pissed off and this and that. But what I actually liked was the stuff that happened um, afterwards. I love the stuff that happened afterwards because um, it was this then that he called out Ken Jung, who was there in the audience. And by the way, um, 
he was into the entire show, guys, because I kept looking at Ken and uh, he was into the entire show. He was like banging on the barricade like bro is a fan. Um, so that was really funny. But he basically makes fun of him for being, uh, you know, for having a show canceled. He says that people only know him from the hangover and that that was years ago and that he's not an old dinosaur. Uh, and then Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, was in the crowd too. He was in the front row. And then he basically says like, oh, Freddie Prince Jr. is here. And same thing, you know, he's poking fun at the stuff that, uh, you know, is so, you know, old and outdated and, you know, makes fun of his career and all of that. I loved this just for the simple fact that we, uh, you know, there was all these reports out there and Freddie Prince Jr. has talked about, you know, his promotion and his promotion, Anna. He's trying to uh, get a wrestling promotion going and this and that. So that to me was kind of interesting to see him there and uh, also have this interaction with MJF. I thought the celebrity aspect of this was really fun because it was just MJF like burying them and calling them old, which I kind of thought was freaking hilarious. Um, so that was good stuff there. Um, finally... And Brian Danielson comes out and he chases out MJF. And uh, it was funny because MJF runs really funny, by the way. Just FYI. It was great stuff to watch. Um, okay. But now let's get into the actual uh, match here. So, um, oh, and also same thing for Freddie Prince Jr. He stayed like for the rest of the show. I think he left after Dynamite. Um, yeah, he left after Dynamite, like way after. He stayed for the entire show. Uh, I saw him taking pictures with fans. Uh, he seemed really nice and he seemed, you know, interested in what, you know, he was seeing. Because there's so many times where I see celebrities go. And even at the last LA show, the celebrities I saw that were there, like they went when they knew they were going to be seen on camera. And then afterwards they leave. So uh, getting to actually see them stay there and enjoy the show, I think is something that should be noted. Instead of just going and being like, Oh, yes, I'm Denise Salcedo, Hollywood actress. Now, goodbye, you know, leaving and not staying for the rest of the show. But they stayed for the show and they were definitely interested. And actually, Ken, I saw Ken marking out during the uh, uh, during the main event. He was kind of, <laughs> you can tell he was popping really hard for that. Uh, same thing with Freddie. Anyways, we got Brian Danielson versus uh, Kanoshke Takeshita. And um, this was something that was God damn, where do I begin? This was definitely one of the strongest portions of the show. Um, this was just good wrestling. There was just one moment um, on the outside of the ring that didn't actually turn out the way that they probably wanted to. But aside from that, everything was awesome in this, guys, guys everything uh just all of the mat work that they did all of the uh you know uh the the, the suplex into the labelle lock the um the drop kicks that we were seeing in this match uh just the kind of you know the the brutality that we were getting into it i thought that's what really made this match special uh the flying clothesline that we saw all of that all of that was really really fun um for this one here when um, there was also a moment where they just went at it back and forth and they were just, you know, really making sure. Because here's the thing, like they had this match, this match, and you know, there was a break between uh, the opening match, which was obviously John Moxley and Hangman Adam Page. And that one was really good. And they had a very aggressive style too. So I kind of feel like this one, they started it off a little bit differently, but they found themselves kind of in that same uh, realm where uh, you really had this uh they really stepped up the level of aggression for this and i think that's what people really loved was kind of just seeing how they were piecing things together i think that to me was probably uh the most like enjoy enjoyable spot so um and then there was also the lariat off the top rope that was sick man that was sick that was definitely one of the moments that i think garnered one of the biggest reactions in this match um but yeah we ended up seeing uh Takeshita pass out and um brian danielson getting the win here now this was definitely a fun one i don't know what else to say guys this was good stuff this is kind of the stuff that you know we want to see in the sense of and i know sometimes people complain about this where they feel like Sometimes there's big matches made and there's not like a big massive story behind it. And I get that argument, but sometimes I'm like, damn, some, I just want to see some of these matches happen. But with this one, it's a little bit different because Brian Danielson has to go out there and face, you know, big tough opponents that, uh, you know, in order to actually get MJF in that Iron Man match at Revolution. So I guess you can say there's a little story there for sure. Um, so this was good stuff here, guys. This was probably the best part. 
Um, in terms of like the wrestling stuff, it was really good. Wasn't my favorite match of the night because I think you guys know what it is. Um, but um, this was definitely a wrestling match that uh, wrestling fans will enjoy. All right, uh, moving on. This is the topic that I think everybody wants to get into because this was one of the big things that um, we had heading into the show. And that is the AEW Women's World Championship. Uh, excuse me. That is the uh, tag team match with uh, Jamie Hayter, your AEW Women's World Champion, and uh, Britt Baker taking on Soraya and Tony Storm. So, my God. All right. Where do I begin? There's a lot here. So this was first promoted a while back as Soraya having a mystery partner. She was going to have a mystery partner here at the LA show. That's how this show was promoted. Who is the big mystery partner? I remember when I first came on here and I said, when that whole thing was announced, I remember thinking, well, you know, obviously Sasha Banks popped into my head, but there's no chance that that's going to happen. There's no hope. But then afterwards, all of these rumors and reports started coming out and things were set and little things were done here and there that all of a sudden I'm like, shit, maybe it's true. Like we are going to see Sasha Banks. And then when she uh, appeared on New Japan for wrestling and just everything that happened with that and, uh, you know, her officially leaving WWE and all of that, all of that to me was like, okay, she's going to be the partner. And, um, so that's where we were at. And I think, and like, even with some of the hints, like Britt Baker, for example, just last week doing the, uh, saying that she's the boss and then doing the, the wink. Um, and even the way that they set this all up, because it wasn't until last week that they basically said, okay, you know, Soraya is going to pick a partner here during that interview with Renee. And it was either going to be Sheeta or it was going to be Storm. And she ended up picking Tony Storm. And I remember coming on to the show and being like, bro, the way that Sheeta was acting, she was acting pretty salty that she wasn't selected in this match. So my whole prediction was um, that they were trying to throw us off. I really thought AEW was trying to throw us off and maybe they were going to have Sheeta come out and she was going to attack Tony Storm. And that was my prediction. I thought Sheeta was going to come out, attack Tony Storm. Uh, Soraya was going to need a partner. Bam, Mercedes Monet comes out. Um, that was honestly the expectation that I had. I thought that AEW was trying to swerve us, man. I thought they were trying to swerve us, given that we had just seen Mercedes in New Japan. So they probably wanted to maybe throw people off from thinking that she was going to come. Well, I was completely wrong on that because that did not end up happening. Okay. Um, <laughs> it did not end up happening. Um, and here's the thing too, and this is where I kind of get a little bit like bugged out. I get bugged out by this because they promoted it as she's going to have a mystery partner. This was hyped up for a couple of weeks, man. I feel like maybe even a month. Who knows? I have no time frame. No, I'm not good at time frames. The point is it was a while. Okay. And, uh, they promoted it as a mystery partner. So people are going to be, you know, making all of these assumptions, connecting the dots, this and that, whatever, right? Then, um, I think that if they were going to just do this and have Tony Storm and Sheeta, either Tony Storm or Sheeta, I think it should have just been promoted as, you know what, Soraya is going to have to make a part, she's going to have to select a partner of her choice, right? We don't know who her partner is. Soraya has to find a partner. Maybe not promoted so much as a big mystery partner. Uh, and I think that they could have probably not made so much of a hoopla over it so that people wouldn't like be like thinking, oh my God, this is going to happen with Mercedes and this and that, right? So then, you know, up until this point, I'm still thinking there's a huge chance that Mercedes is going to come out. I'm still thinking it. Like at this point, I'm still sold on it. And uh, so they had Soraya and Tony Storm come out first. It was Tony Storm and it was Soraya. And for some reason, I don't know why, but once the match started, I had the feeling of, you know what? Maybe it's not going to happen. It was just like a gut feeling of this is not, maybe it's not going to turn down, turn out the way that we thought it was. So they come out, get good reactions. And then uh, Britt Baker comes out, great reaction as well. 
and Jamie Hader comes out and she's not going to get booed. She's the fourth person coming out. She's not going to get booed. She's the champ. So I also like the way that everything was kind of, uh, you know, kind of just laid out in terms of, okay, here we go. They made sure not to have Soraya and, you know, Tony Storm come out last because that immediately eliminated the whole possibility of maybe Sheeta coming out and attacking her prior to this match, right? And granted, the champion, you know, is a champion, so you want to have her come out final. But still, um, anyways, so we get into this match. Now, the match itself, um, I think people were, you know, I felt that at certain points, people were not really that invested completely in this match I think people were kind of just waiting it was a wait and see type of game I think everybody was just kind of thinking okay well when is Mercedes gonna come out you know and I know this because I was having a conversation with Cole and I looked at him and I'm like well maybe they're gonna do this maybe they're gonna do that because I was still even though I had this big feeling that she wasn't gonna come out at this point I was still trying to find ways and uh, I was still trying to think of scenarios that could play out that you know this could essentially go down and it didn't happen like that um you know, so uh, we did end up getting, uh, you know, Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker basically defeating Soraya and Tony. And basically the way that this happened was they had Sheeta uh, go out there. She went out there like a little bit at the top of this match. She goes out there and uh, she has her kendo stick and she throws her kendo stick right into the middle. So right into the middle, um, she uh, she throws in the kendo stick and you're not really sure like, oh, who did she throw it to, uh, you know? Who did she throw it to, essentially? That was the whole thing. You didn't know uh, who she threw it to. Um, and that basically ended up being the way that uh, Jamie Hayter was able to get the win for her team. So it was kind of this thing of, ooh, did she mean to do that? Did she not mean to do that? Um, that's basically how that whole thing played out. So that was that match. And I asked people on, uh, I asked people on, on social media, what they thought about today's show. And there was a lot of people, there was a lot of people that um, when I was reading through the comments, a lot of people were talking about how they didn't like the finish uh, to this match. I didn't hate it, to be honest. Maybe it came across different to me live in person, um, but it just didn't feel like, there was just a big disconnection because this was one of the most talked about things heading into the show. It was one of the most talked about things because everybody was painting all these different scenarios of what can happen and how Mercedes is going to get involved. Is Sheeta going to, is Sheeta going to, uh, you know, attack Tony Storm? What's going to go down, right? It was one of the most talked about matches um, and it didn't necessarily feel like the hottest thing on the show. In fact, it felt a little bit just, uh, it felt a little flat towards the end because you're like, oh no, Mercedes not coming out. All right. Well, that kind of sucks the fun a little bit, right? Anyways. So here's what happened after this. Now, this did not, I don't think came out on TV because if not, then, you know, I don't think it did because that wouldn't make sense. But this is what happened afterwards when y'all went to commercial. This is what happened to the live audience. Um, the, I retweeted a video, I quote retweeted a video that a fan took and you can watch it there. So you know when you're on commercial, right? Like, you know when when the product that you're watching goes to commercial. It, it, you know, things kind of go down a little bit, but, you know, there's still light and things are happening, right? There's still lights and you just know when you're in commercial break. After this match, the lights went out. They went out and I'm like, wait, these lights are went down a lot more than usual. These are not, these are not our commercial break lights, right? And here's the other thing. So when the lights went down, you could still see, um, sir, you could still see a uh, Britt Baker and, um, and Jamie Hayter and Rebel and all of them, right? You could still kind of see them. And they also kind of had this moment where they were getting out of the ring and they stopped, they stopped and they looked up, they looked up at the, like, they looked up at the stage and I'm looking at them and I'm like, the lights are down. They're stopped and they're staring at the stage or at the Tron, right? So everyone kind of has this moment of, oh my God, is something going to happen right now? And so the lights are down and we're all right there waiting. And I remember this because I'm looking at the Tron and I'm looking at the stage and I'm thinking, okay, what's going to happen? Are we in commercial break? Are the lights just down really, really extra? What's going on? So we're waiting there and it happens really quick, okay? 
the lights go down. I saw the girls there. And then I look at the stage and bam, on the Tron, a graphic of Rampage. And the crowd just started booing. The crowd was, the crowd was like, bro, that was kind of savage. I think that was literally us being trolled. That was us uh, just being trolled as a live audience. I thought it was hilarious afterwards because I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, oh, what if? And I feel like everyone kind of fell for it because there was this like stunned silence of people kind of just waiting. And then bam, the second the Rampage promo thing comes up, you just hear everybody booing. Um, this was hilarious. It was hilarious because it was savage, man. It was savage. Um, so that's what happened to the live crowd uh, on all of this. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, not Steve says the lights out. Um, the lights out after the match was 100% a troll. It was. It totally 100% was a troll job, uh, for sure. Uh, so it was funny. I like, I mean, I don't care. It's funny. Yes, I, I think everything's funny. That's the thing about me. Like, I'll laugh at anything. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's go ahead and uh, move on. Before I do, uh, first of all, thank you so much for those of you who are watching live at this hour. Uh, seriously, thank you for being here. Uh, I will be back this Friday to talk about SmackDown and Rampage. And then also, um, it was announced during the show that uh, Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor is happening on March 31st, WrestleMania weekend. Uh in Los Angeles at the uh, at USC, I think it's like the Galen Gallen Center. I forget what it's actually called. Whoops, my bad. Um, they host the. I've only been there one time, and I think it was for the Kids Choice Awards, either the Kids Choice Awards or the Teen Choice Awards. One of those Choice Awards, I was there. Uh, it's a pretty big location, actually. You can fit quite a. You can fit a good amount of people in there. I don't know the actual um, total, but uh, it's a pretty big little building there, and that's going to be uh, over at USC. Which reminds me now that parking's going to be expensive and hell because that area is never good for finding parking and they always, always uh, really jack up the prices on that area. But either way, whatever. Um, so that show is happening um, March 31st. And also another thing that I tweeted that happened. Um, so Tony Khan spoke to the crowd ahead of Dynamite, but he also spoke to the crowd ahead of Rampage. So ahead of Rampage, you know, he was hyping the people up and whatnot. And uh, he basically said that, uh, that when they come back to March 31st, Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor here in Los Angeles, that we are going to be seeing AEW stars on Ring of Honor, as well as uh, other promotions. Uh, people from other promotions uh, around the world, uh, something like that. It was verbatim. It was that's not verbatim exactly, but he basically said you're going to be seeing people from other promotions, uh, you know, here on this show. Now, my assumption of that is I'm assuming we're maybe going to see another collaboration between uh, uh, AW Ring of Honor and uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. That is honestly my assumption on that. And yeah, so that's literally what Tony Khan said, that we're going to be expecting to see, you know, not just AEW Ring of Honor talent, but other talent from other promotions. And he said around the world. So that tells me um, it's most likely going to be a New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be like a Forbidden Door type of episode. I mean, I don't know, really. This is just based off of what he said. I'm guessing we're going to see maybe like two or four guys or something maybe be included on the card. I don't know. I guess we'll find out more details. Um, but now let's go ahead and move on to this next portion. Um, this was a portion of the show that I thought could have been completely scrapped, man. Uh, th this did not, I was, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was looking at the clock because I was very, very excited for Escalera de la Muerte. I've been talking about this every goddamn week, okay? This was the thing that I was mostly there for. <laughs> this was my thing, okay? That, that was the primary reason why I was there for this show. Um, and so I'm looking at the clock and I'm thinking, okay, if they're going to do like five minutes of conversation, that leaves 20 minutes for this match that I want to see. And I was trying to do the math of how much time we were actually going to get for the main event, right? Um, so we have the Jericho Appreciation Society come out and they're out there with their yellow, golden, glittery, uh, glittery blazers and this and that. And really the only thing here that got a pop was two things. 
one, Jarek mentioning that he was at PWG because you guys know PWG here is, you know, uh, for fans of independent wrestling, uh, PWG here is, you know, the church of that, okay? Uh, it's been the, uh, the, the place for years, okay? For years and years and years. It's the place where you go and you watch some of the best independent wrestling. And we're very, very proud of the fact that PWG lives here in Los Angeles. So obviously it got a huge uh, reaction for that. Um, we did end up seeing Ricky Starks and Action Andretti come out and Ricky Starks got a phenomenal reaction, guys. Like the dude is a star. He got a great reaction to this. Uh, when he came out, people were really excited to just see him and, um, Action Andretti obviously joined him and they had some back and forth here. Now, um, there were, you know, just basically them throwing shots to each other, uh, Action Andretti, uh, because if you guys recall, uh, you know, Ty and uh, Anna, they've been doing all the low blows and stuff like that. So he basically makes a joke about how, uh, you know, her, 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 her hand or something was in between his legs, that sort of thing. Uh, I actually thought that was funny. I know some people are probably gonna be like, oh, that's not funny. It was all right. It was fine. It was funny. I get what they were trying to do. He's just trying to get under Sammy's skin, that whole thing. Um, there was another part that happened with Starks making fun of uh, Jake Hager's lisp. Now, the second that happened, I was like, oh, shit. That was my reaction. Oh, shit. What's happening? Um, I was like, is that allowed? What are the rules? Someone let me know what's going on. And uh, yeah, a lot of people were very upset about that line, uh, you know, for obvious reasons, right? Um, and so that one didn't necessarily go over uh, maybe the way that they uh, maybe the way that he might have intended or hopes that it would go over. Uh, for a lot of people, it was, you know, seen as um you know, just you didn't have to go that direction, right? Uh, so that was the topic on social media as well. Um, so that's kind of where we were at with that. Um, and honestly, I really do think this entire thing could have been scrapped. There was nothing here that was that made me say, by golly, this needed to be on the show. No, I think we could have scrapped this and had extra minutes for the Escalera de la Muerte because that was awesome. Um, all right, so... Uh, let's get into the main event of the show. The the reason that I was there. This was my Mercedes Monet moment, okay? I know some people were like, you know, this <laughs> they're pissed because Mercedes wasn't on. That was the why they tuned in. For me, it was this, all right? I was here for my seventh match, the best of seven series, uh, uh, the Elite versus the Death Triangle in a ladder match, the Escalera de la Muerte. Oh, man, guys. This was good stuff. I wanted this to go an hour. I could have seen this for a whole hour. Everybody was chanting fight forever. Um, they just did some really crazy stuff during this match here. Um, it was just nonstop. You know, they had the table set up on the outside. We saw so many of these guys go through the tables. We saw some crazy um, spots that were done um, on the ladders that looked absolutely sick and there was just a lot in this that was pretty freaking crazy. And um, let me just kind of point out a couple of the spots, guys. Unfortunately, I do not have my notes. So I'm trying to remember some of the things that um, really just kind of uh, stood out to me here. Um, so one of the other moments here was when uh, Kenny Omega tried to get Pac with the one-winged angel, but then Pac got gets him with the uh, poison Rana. Uh, that was one of the moments that I thought was really freaking cool. Uh, obviously, Phoenix doing his uh, tornillo, uh to the outside. That was freaking cool as well. That was really awesome. Um, there was a moment, too where we ended up seeing Alex Abrahantes get involved and then Brandon Cutler gets involved. Brandon Cutler gets him with the spray in the eye. So we kind of had a little bit of a melee there that went down. Uh, so that was pretty funny as well. I kind of like this. It, it, I like when we have a little bit of the, when, when this stuff gets a little bit messy, because this to me, like this type of match, it could get a little bit messy. And we did see that with the incorporation of all of, you know, their friends and stuff kind of getting involved um, in all of this as well. Um, we saw uh, Penta doing the fear factor. That was another really cool moment. Uh, the one winged, the one winged angel off the top of the ladder was like the cherry on top chef's kiss moment uh, that we essentially got. Um, eventually 
after a couple more table spots and everything that we saw throughout this entire match, it was crazy. I had a really good time. I thought it definitely delivered. I do wish that it had gone a little bit longer, though. That's that's just being realistic. I did think that it should have gone a lot longer um, because this was the reason why, uh, you know, so many people were really excited about this show was this match. Um, but either way, the Elite wins once again the AEW uh, Trios Championships. Uh, they're back to the way that things were supposed to be with them winning uh, and holding those titles. Uh, as you guys know, they won at All Out. And well, you know what? Life happens, shit happens. And here we are again. Um, so they are champs once again. Uh, we're back to the way that things were supposed to be. And um, this was awesome, guys. Like all seven matches that we ended up getting between these guys was something special. And now it's going to be a while until we see these matches, see them wrestle again. It's going to be a while. So um, I enjoyed it. Um, I go back and I think about all the seven matches, to be honest, the one that really stands out to me, uh, they all kind of, they all were very different, but the ones that really do stand out to me, obviously is still the first one because I was still legitimately shocked when the uh the death triangle actually got the win uh their 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 match in chicago that was one that still definitely sticks out because just of all of the little events that unfolded and the way that the crowd was it was just a, a mixture of madness so that to me is something that really stands out um the false count anywhere match that one really stands out to me too because of all of the crazy spots that they did in that match too um they all just were a little bit different and gave us a little bit of a different taste but this one to me i felt had like the biggest most like implosive moments like this one to me had the most of uh you know if you're gonna go back and pick out a highlight reel i would be picking out a bunch of clips from this match because this was the one that had the most uh you know banger moments for sure um all righty so um that was AEW dynamite but we got a couple of super chats to get into and then we'll go ahead and wrap up the show um so in last minute super chats Last call, everyone. Last call. This is my fake bell. But let's see what we got here. Um, Kevin sends in a super chat saying, I was disappointed that the House of Black did not attack after the match. Um, well, the House of Black was um maybe the reason they didn't do it was because the House of Black was already said to be on rampage to uh do that match with Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. Uh, so I think that's the reason why they didn't actually do this. And I didn't personally, I don't really feel that we needed it. Again, they're doing their, they're doing something separate right now with, you know, Kingston and Ortiz and they had that match on Rampage. And um, so to me, I wasn't necessarily like expecting the House of Black to come out. So that's why I wasn't like really disappointed because I really wasn't, I didn't really care about the House of Black, to be honest. At this point in time, I was just so over to the moon about the match and I was happy in the celebration of seeing the Elite um, hold up their uh, trios champions and we got that great visual with them on the ladder. So I'll be real with you. I didn't really, I didn't really like miss the House of Black in this scenario in particular, but we did end up, you will see them on Rampage in that match against uh, Kingston and Ortiz uh, but thank you so much to Kevin for also sending in this super chat here and we got one here from Manny uh, in Dallas who says um, I've really enjoyed the atmosphere of recent dynamite shows the Texas and West Coast crowds have given life to these shows and it comes across great on TV well that's the thing like you gotta realize like you know uh, speaking for the West Coast here it's like we don't get many shows right now. We this year is honestly the sh the year that we're going to get the most shows. But we went a while where there wasn't much wrestling here in California. We were getting New Japan strong shows. Um you know, those were sporadic ones too. Uh GCW really became uh you know, they are they have become like the main, I would say Los Angeles wrestling attraction here because there wasn't very many very many companies you know running obviously we were impacted so much by COVID and it took us a long time to kind of like bounce back and all of that so you weren't really seeing uh, so many of the promotions that were uh run you know running pre-COVID those went down like bar wrestling bar wrestling was one of them and you know that went down because of Joey Ryan but that was something that was a consistent uh company that we were seeing run here and we don't get that anymore um the other one is PCW Ultra but they don't run as much 
They don't run nearly as much as GCW. We did get Defy Wrestling for one show here, but then um, I guess they decided not to come back anymore, or, you know, stick kind of, I guess, in Seattle, I guess. Um, so really, we weren't getting much. So that was kind of like the independent space of things. Um, in terms of like, big promotions we got smackdown one time a couple months ago and that was really it um and double or nothing in las vegas that uh, double or nothing in las vegas and money in the bank in las vegas and that was legitimately it in terms of like the major companies that was it so we weren't really getting much this year uh this year everything's happening here obviously we got and i'm gonna count San Francisco in this too, because San Francisco uh, with Revolution. Uh, and then, you know, we're getting WrestleMania weekend here. So we're going to get literally every independent, you know, show is going to be running. GCW is going to be doing the collective, uh, all of the Mania events, a Ring of Honor announcing Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor. And um, I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything. Uh, we're going to be seeing uh, New Japan also in uh, February. 18th up north as well in San Francisco too. So there's a lot more this year for us here. So I'm glad, you know, we wanted this. We're excited. Bring us some events. Uh, but thank you so much to Manny and Dallas for also sending this in. And I'm glad that the, that um, I'm glad that the crowd came off really good too because I was thinking about this as well. I'm like, damn, I feel like we really had to like do a good job tonight. Like the crowd had to be like lit and on it because the last couple of crowds have been really good. And so, um, you know, when you got a string of really good crowds and you have this incredible lineup of a show, you're gonna want the crowd to really be like. Uh, you know, hot and stuff. It just adds to it. It adds to the programming. Um, all right. So uh, thank you so much to Manny and Dallas uh, for sending in that super chat. Uh, we also actually have another one here from uh, Connecting People Through Wrestling, uh, who I met here uh, today at the show. Uh, really nice to meet you, man. Uh, uh, don't forget to send me that picture uh, <laughs> unless you posted it already. I haven't been on my phone in the last hour. Uh, but seriously, it was so nice to meet you. Uh, it was a lot of fun to take pictures with your uh, frame. And I'm sure a lot of people here uh, know what you're talking about because you've seen the connecting people through wrestling uh frame literally in so many events so uh thank you so much for the super chat and for meeting you here today um all righty and that's it everybody oh thank you guys san jose uh san jose is where the new japan show is i was thinking san francisco but yeah san jose you are right um man <laughs> Andrew Cook says Denise has been running on adrenaline this whole stream after seeing AEW live. Um, honestly, for reals, uh, I was so afraid that I wasn't going to make it on time for this show, guys. I'm so glad I made it. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning into this. And please, if you enjoyed the show, uh, tweet me, let me know. It really helps just like I don't know. It just really helps boost my confidence and also get the word out about this show. Uh, and I am live three times a week here. I'm live on Tuesdays to chat NXT unless major news breaks down. Uh, and then Wednesdays for AEW Dynamite, which is usually my most popular show of the week. And then uh, Friday for SmackDown and Rampage. And I'm usually not on this late. I usually go on about five minutes after um, those given shows actually end. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great night and I will see you back here on Friday. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much.